1420 WBSM presents Ray Lance of the USA Wealth Group. It's time to get your finances in order. Money Wise starts now. Good Sunday morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Money Wise. Welcome to Ray Lance and Pete Lance talking to you about some very important subjects today. Financial mistakes and financial solutions during a pandemic. So today we have what's called a potpourri. Pete, do you know what a potpourri is? <laughs> I think that's old. I think now it's all essential oils. Potpourri um, used to be that that dried up flowery crap to make rum smell better, and now it's all essential oils. Something like this. Well, this is a <laughs> potpourri of a radio show, but there's going to be a lot of good nuggets here to talk about today. So, ladies and gentlemen, fasten your seatbelts. Get ready for Money Wise. Pete, I'd like to start out today by first saying... A good Sunday morning to Peter Lance. Peter is a financial advisor. He's a um, securities licensed financial advisor, but we can't talk about that on the air, can we, Pete? No, it's called an investment advisor representative, um, and you can't shorten it. You can't make it into an acronym or anything. So are you a legal investment advisor representative? It's just called an inv- – you can't even say that. That's not can't just, even say that? No, nope, just well, investment advisor. Well, it stands for L-I-A-R. If it's a legal investment advisor representative, that, just investment that was just advisor a, that was just a joke. Oh, great! So you are an investment advisor representative. Welcome to MoneyWise. Have you been on the show before? Really? Have you had a good time? <laughs> Some days. Well, today I want to begin with a quotation from Will Rogers, which uh, I thought was pretty interesting. I'm, I'm trying to remember. I think Will Rogers was around during the time of the Great Depression, but he said. Last year, we said, things can't go on like this, and they didn't. They got worse. So, truism from Will Rogers. You've heard of Will Rogers before, haven't you? I have heard the name, but I couldn't tell you who he is or what he did. Let me think. Country? No, no country. He was just sort of like an American philosopher who had lots of things to say. He said once, for example, I don't make jokes. I just watch the government and report the facts. Yeah, that's that's actually a pretty good one. Yeah, he had a lot of classic things to say about the government in particular. You and know, as a very frequent guest of the show, although I haven't been on in like a month, that I do not like to get political at all, especially on the radio, but... No, we don't need to. I don't like either side right now. Hmm. That's for sure. And I haven't for a number of years. Well, it's tough, um, but we won't talk about politics. Today we're going to talk about... Financial mistakes and financial solutions during a pandemic. We don't want to just talk about mistakes, do we? We want to talk about some solutions. So let's suppose you have an emergency fund. And this one isn't in your notes. This is on the front page of this story that I'm talking about. But what if you had an emergency fund and now times are tough and you think, well, maybe I need to not touch my emergency fund Well, if this is not an emergency time, then what are you saving for? An even bigger, an even greater emergency? So some people right now are experiencing pretty severe economic hardship, and yet they'll still choose to live uncomfortably rather than to dig into their savings, rather than accessing the savings account. So this sometimes happens if the saver's mentality, which helped them build the emergency fund in the first place, It makes them think that the emergency fund is sacred and not available to use. But this is the time when you may want to take a look at your emergency fund and use it because that's what you did it for. Of course, I guess there's another group of people who, although they have well-funded emergency savings, but they are not experiencing an economic hardship. Not everybody is, but a lot of people are. Yeah, at the same time, I mean, if you're really struggling, then, of course, dig into that emergency fund. But if you're just a little bit struggling and you're able to get by, then, you know, if that's all right for you, then, you know, continue keeping that savings fund there, that emergency fund. So maybe this is a time for people who are better off and still have the emergency fund that they don't need. Maybe this is a time when they should take part of their emergency fund and invest it in something. You know, the stock market has been up and it's been down, it's been volatile. But this means that this could be a time when they want to do something with the money and not just let it sit there. 
Yeah, it really is an interesting time. I've got a lot of um, people who are actually doing the opposite in these times, and they're spending a ton of money. So, uh, I mean, especially on home improvement projects and things to spruce up their yard or the house to make you know their living uh, situation a little bit more enjoyable for them while mm-hmm. they're you know stuck indoors more more than they were in the past. Well, it's a time when people might be home because they're not employed, something of that nature, or they're still on unemployment, or they haven't been called back to work yet, so they've got free time. And why not make some improvements in your house if you happen to own a house? Here's another one that I kind of like. Don't ever, ever ignore your credit score. This is a time when you may want to take a look at your credit score and say, what could I do to help improve my credit score? You know what the number one factor is in impacting your credit score? It makes it go up and it makes it go down. It's real simple. It's paying your bills on time. So if you make all your payments on time, that's the number one percentage of, or number one factor, I should say, that measures your credit score. If you do nothing else, try to pay your bills on time, your installment payments, your car payments, and everything else. It's also an app uh, that's very well uh, rated, and you can download it on your smartphone. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure if it's available on iPhone. I would imagine it is, uh, but I have um, uh, Samsung products. Mm-hmm. It's called just Experian, and you know what Experian is, of course. Experian and is one of the three major credit reporting bureaus. It uh, boosts your your score instantly just by downloading it and using it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, even if it's just ten points, it it's basically guaranteed to boost your score right away. And then it monitors every little thing that you do and gives you little tips and tricks on how to improve your score. And it works a lot faster than you could imagine. It does not take a lot to reduce your credit score very quickly. It takes a lot to build it back up to where it is now or or more. It takes more effort to get your credit score back up again. And why is that important? It's important because the higher your credit score... It means the lower interest rate you're going to pay when you go to finance a car, for example. Or refinance your house. I mean, the the rates right now, I think it's 2.8%. What's that, 30-year fixed? 20-year. 20-year fixed? I've got a friend, he just refinanced. He bought his house maybe three or four years ago. Mm-hmm. Had a 30-year mortgage with 20, 27 years left on it, 26 years left on it. Refinanced it to a 20-year mortgage. It's going to save a lot of money, and his payment is a little bit less than what it was, and he was able to skip two months of payments also. Okay, well, that's really interesting, and I think that anybody who has a respectable or reasonable credit score, take a look at your mortgage statement, and don't make the mistake of just sitting there and doing nothing, because if you can refinance now, well, I guess there's a couple of cautions on this. First of all, you have to be sort of comfortable that you're going to be in this house for the next four or five years because the savings might take that long before you're going to really achieve savings. So if you're thinking of selling your house in the next year or two, you don't necessarily want to go out and refinance your mortgage. But if you're going to be there for a little longer period of time, it's an outstanding time to refinance your mortgage. We've never had rates this low uh, in generations. We haven't. Great time to refinance your mortgage. I know the banks are busy. Um, I'm sure almost everyone that's listening, you know, has their finger on the pulse somewhat of, you know, the real estate market in your area. But uh, it's one of the absolute best times ever right now to sell property. If you have any property that you were thinking about selling, um, prices are really elevated right now. And I don't think that that's going to stick around for a long time. Well, not only that, but there's a movement by people who want to get out of the city and move out more to the suburbs because they don't want to be in a crowded environment. I don't think that applies so much in New Bedford. It certainly applies in places like Boston and New York where people are moving out in droves. Yep, they sure are. They don't want to stay in a crowded environment and be exposed to more germs. But anyway, briefly back to credit score, which is what we started with. Um, The credit score that you have affects the interest rate that you'll get on your mortgage, on your credit cards, on car payments, um, even on uh, renting an apartment. So even during difficult times, number one thing to do is make sure you pay your bills on time, but don't max out on your credit cards. The second thing they look at to determine what your credit score is, is what's the ratio 
What's the amount of usage you have on your credit cards? So if you have credit cards that have $10,000 of available credit, you want to be below 50%, and if you can, below 30% of credit card utilization. So if you get $10,000 of credit and you've uh, only got $4,000 balance, that's in a good position. On the other hand, if you have six or $7,000 worth of credit card debt on $10,000 of credit, that's too high. That's going to negatively impact your, your credit score. So try to pay down your credit cards. Make sure you pay everything on time. Do not open up a new credit account in a short period of time. And keep a good financial history as much as you can. So this will save thousands of dollars. And by the way, coming back to what you were saying, Pete, about refinancing your mortgage, if you can refinance for a 20-year term or a 15-year term, one of the things you're going to get from the bank is an estimate of what the total interest you're going to pay is over the life of the mortgage, the 15-year, the 20-year term, and compare that with a 30-year term. The amount of interest you pay on a 30-year mortgage is huge. It's hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars more than the amount you actually borrow. Compare that with a 15-year term or a 20-year term. The total interest you're paying over that length of that mortgage is much, much less. Therefore, you're saving money. Yeah, my friend said that he estimated that uh, by converting that 30-year term, uh, that 30-year um, mortgage that had six, uh, 26 years, I guess, left to go mm-hmm. to a 20-year, he was also saving just by cutting those six years out, 80 grand. Oh, sure. So look at the numbers. Uh, they're huge. Whether you want to retire someday, whether you want to retire early, if you end up in retirement and not have a mortgage to pay, um, you're going to be able to get by on much less income. So think about helping your credit score. Don't ignore it. Check it out. Go into freecreditscore.com. You're entitled to get your credit reports uh, every single year for free without paying for it. And by the way, when you check up on your credit score or your credit reports, it does not negatively impact your credit to check on your own credit accounts and credit scores. There are some um, credit checking, credit, you know, keeping up with your scores, um, apps and websites that are predatory in nature. So just do some research and make sure that what you're getting into is not one of them. I know Credit Karma is one that's a good one, uh, but there are some predatory uh, ones out there that will either try to get your personal information or uh, end up charging you money for something that looks like it's going to be free. Mm. Going back just really quickly to uh, the homes, something that probably gets overlooked and we probably really don't even mention it at all on this show. I don't remember the last time I have is that you and I, uh, as well as attorney Tenny Lance, are all real estate brokers, um, not just sales per, uh, people. And we um, have our broker's licenses, and we do do real estate in, in uh, the office under the name USA Realty Group. Um, and we do sell homes. And uh, even if you have somebody else that you're working with, that's fine. We'd be happy to give you some little bits of tips about what you may or may not want to do to make some little improvements to make your home look more, um, you know, saleable, um, but also give you some tips as to um, the best way to um, transfer the property and, and definitely recommend an attorney for to represent yourself for the closing, um, as well as uh, some other tips and ideas, including what to do with the proceeds. I just met with some people recently, Pete, and said, you know, you're thinking of selling your house, and they may do it very quickly. They want to retire to one of the more northern states and um, basically get out of town. They already have a broker they're working with who's a family friend and so forth. And I said, if you're very comfortable with your broker, I said, we never intrude upon that relationship. By all means, do it. And what did the broker say to you? They said, well, the broker said, I should ask at least $300,000 for the house. And the client told the broker, boy, if you can get that for me today, go ahead and do it. And I said, wait a minute here. I said, what if the house is worth more than $300,000? So I made a recommendation to them, and I gave them a name and telephone number for a couple of appraisal companies. And I said, spend three or $400 and get an appraisal from somebody who's not interested in trying to sell your house and get an independent value on what they think the house is worth. And then go back to your broker before you sign a contract. 
And if the broker's saying 300000 and the appraisal says 330 how would you feel about leaving $30,000 on the table because you didn't ask enough money? You know what the broker had told him, Pete, which I was really amazed at? They said, well, put it on at a lower figure because in this day and age, people are making offers higher than what you're trying to sell it for. And I said, I totally disagree with that advice. I said, if you list it for 300 and somebody comes in and makes a full price offer and there's nobody else immediately behind them, um, they need to be able to buy that house. And if you don't know what the value is before you sign a listing contract, you could be shortchanging yourself. Yeah, I don't know that there's a lot of agents that do that, but I, I certainly do know that there are some that will uh, tell somebody that they can sell their home very quickly for X amount of dollars when they know all too well that the home is worth more than that, and they're just looking for a very quick sale and a very quick commission. Um, I actually had a client maybe two months ago, and he has a two-family in New Bedford, and he said, well, I was told by somebody that my house is worth $150,000. And I said, tell me a little bit more about the house. Is there anything that's really in disrepair? Is the roof, you know, need a replacement or anything else? And went into a conversation about the house, and I said, listen, it's worth over $200,000 easily, you know, just without even seeing it in what you're telling me, a two-family. So just be careful, um, you know, Again, I don't think there's many agents that are like that, but they're certainly out there. Well, as long as we're on that particular topic, I'm going to ship, uh, shift over to something that's a little bit related. Um, watch out that you're not attaching emotion to the family home. So if you're thinking about selling it, for example, uh, don't be so attached to the house emotionally that you're not going to get a realistic price. And do think about having the house appraised for a very small amount of money. We have no stake in this whatever. We're happy to recommend several different appraisers who will tell you whether you're asking the right price or not asking the right price. You don't want to put it on too low, and you don't want to put it on too high and not be able to sell it. I talked about um, five minutes ago about having a finger on the pulse of the market, and uh, you know, an appraisal is a good idea, but if you're really against that or just don't want to spend that $300 or so, Um, I do a very good competitive market analysis, uh, comparative market analysis, excuse me. And uh, I'm always right on, you know, within five or $10,000 of any property um, that we have done an analysis on and ultimately listed and sold. Well, don't get attached to your house from an emotional point of view. Think about it as a pure investment. Uh, Release the sentimental value that you attach to it. I know it's hard during these times, but what if you're selling your parents' house? Would you buy that property at that price? What's your expected return? What risks come with a property? Does it have things that need to get fixed up or repaired? So try to resist the emotional attachment. Crunch the numbers. Try to look at it objectively and figure out, is the house in good shape ready to sell? Or is you or some other buyer going to have to spend money to uh, fix it up? So lots and lots of advice we can give whether the office here ends up selling the house or not. So um, we're talking this morning with Pete Lance. Pete is a RIA or IRA? R-I-A. Can't even say that. I told you, you can't even say the acronym. Okay. Investment advisor representative. He's an investment advisor representative. Can't say that. I get confused because I want to say you're an IRA, which is an individual retirement account. But you don't or look like... Or somebody who doesn't have a whole lot of um, knowledge, but things that they do sometimes said the other day, oh, an IRA is an individual retirement annuity. <laughs> no, you can invest your IRA account into an annuity, and we do a lot of that because it's a good, stable way to protect your money. You know, But you need to constantly, especially in this time of the pandemic, you need to be thinking about your own personal economy and personal things that you can do that'll make a difference that'll help you get through the pandemic or not spend as much money or save more money. Will Rogers also once said once, even though you're on the right track, you'll get run over if you just sit there. Think about that one. (laughs) I I know the name. It's bugging me that I can't think of who he is. I thought he was like some, um, you know, black and white Cowboys um, no, actor, TV show, or 
But I'm also thinking, um, I've never really seen the show Lost in Space. Is it Will Rogers or is it Will Robinson with the robots going, Danger, Will Rogers, Danger? Or is it Will Robinson or Will Rogers? I don't have any idea. <laughs> I don't have any idea about that one. But I'll give you one more quotation from Will Rogers. He also said, All I can say for the United States Senate is that it opens with a prayer and closes with an investigation. So he had a lot of interesting comments to say about the government in general, pages and pages and pages of them, but we this, won't talk just about him today. This show, um, you know, it's almost in line of what we did for any of you long-term radio listeners. We've now been on the air, what, seven years, eight years? Eight years. It's crazy. But it was probably three or four years ago we did a whole – there was like two or three shows in a row where we did number one through number 100 of money-saving tips. We should – revisit that at some point we're sort of doing this right now we're talking about financial mistakes and financial solutions during a pandemic so here's one i think you're going to like uh keep paying all your subscriptions that's a mistake they're saying that's a mistake they're saying so what if you have a lot of things paid for uh automatically it's automatically deducted off of a credit card maybe it's time to re-examine some of those things i know i've canceled some subscriptions recently and sometimes it's hard um, I've actually had my assistant working to cancel a few things. But um, this particular choice says, what do you have on your cable bill? Uh, do you have Netflix, Amazon Prime, Hulu? Do you have all of them? Do you have a special sports channel? Um, figure out what service you can live without and which services you can't live without and cancel the rest. Well, you can, always, you can always join them again later, right? Absolutely. Um, unless you're in a subscription plan where you're locked in and grandfathered into some really lower cost, but that's very unusual for that type of thing to happen. Um, I know Sirius Satellite Radio years ago, if you had just paid them $500 up front, you had a free, or, or not a free, but a lifetime subscription for $500. That was 2006, 14 years ago. I wish I had done that hmm. because I'm paying $13 a month and I don't ever intend to cancel at this point. I love my satellite radio, but um, I wish I'd done that. But yeah, you can always cancel your subscriptions and pick them up again later on down the road. Um, think about which ones are important to you and cancel the rest. Um, my wife is the queen at saving money and negotiating with companies. Uh, we had a very, let's just say, intense conversation about 15 months ago. Was, I like those words, intense conversation. Yeah. <laughs> it was uh, the beginning of summer of 2019, and my wife wanted to cancel cable. We were spending you know, $200 a month just on the cable, never mind the internet and everything. So, Oh, yeah. Um, Easy to do. She wanted to get rid of cable. So we don't really watch that much. We watch more Netflix, and, and I said... I'm not getting rid of cable. I said I, I rely on it too much. I like to watch my news in the morning. I like to watch my my Patriots and my Red Sox and my Bruins. Um, I'll admit that I'm a bandwagon fan with the Celtics. Only when they play, get into the playoffs will I watch. So I admit that freely. But um, I reluctantly agreed. And the first couple of weeks, it was surreal and it was really weird and uncomfortable for me. But we have that uh, fire stick now that you just plug into your TV. Mm-hmm. And we pay $49 a month, and that's it, for YouTube TV. And it gets almost everything I could ever possibly want or imagine I, I could ever need, including all of my sports, including my morning news. Um, so, you know, she saved us 150 bucks a month. That's huge. The other thing you can do is you can call up the local cable television um, station or office and say, um, I don't like my bill. I just want to cancel my cable TV uh, entirely. You know what they do? They switch you over to another department where their job is to try to salvage your account. It's and the retention department. Yeah, the retention department. And then they will offer you a deal on some different package. And you can actually do that like once a year. You can't do it like every month, but um, absolutely do that. with that with that And with your uh, cell phone provider and basically anything. Uh, other than where you're sort of strapped in, like with Eversource, you know, you can't call them up and say, I'm going to, you know, go to some other energy company because it's just not available in the area. But anything that you can negotiate, go ahead and do. Threaten that you're going to cancel. Um, speaking of, we're 
We've got three kids who are all homeschooling, and we already ran into slow internet this morning and the internet cutting out a couple of times, very first day of homeschooling last week, and it was crazy. Um, And my wife called Comcast, and we were on a 300 gigabyte uh, modem, and she ended up getting uh, a 1,000 gigabyte modem, 700 more, for less money. Wow. Wow. Yeah. That's huge. Well, right now, uh, 23% of Americans who cite emergency savings shortfall as their biggest financial regret of the pandemic. So 23% of Americans think that their biggest financial regret is that they did not have an emergency account. I don't care if it's $5, $10, $25, whatever you can put aside, you've got to put aside some money for savings. Well, and then the other um, percentage statistic during these times is the same exact number. 23% of consumers have added to their credit card debt during the pandemic. So a lot of people are, you know, just either paying bills or, or buying things on credit, which is not a good thing, not, not at any time. Well, here's another interesting statistic. Uh, more, than, more than 75% of people planning to retire have not taken the time to calculate how much money they're going to need in retirement. That's what we do here at USA Wealth Group. We'll sit down with you. We'll help you uh, complete a budget. We'll look at your income sources during retirement. We'll say, based upon your budget, maybe we'll cut it down a little bit to take 80% in retirement because you're not going to spend quite as much. But here's what you're going to need in retirement, and here's what you're going to get from Social Security and other income sources and gosh, you've got a shortfall. You're going to need an extra six hundred or a thousand dollars a month in order to retire. Where's that going to come from? And then we'll sit down and we'll look at all of your assets and your other resources and say, what's the best place to put this money right now to make some additional retirement income for you? And how can we help you do that? Uh, give USA Wealth Group a call at five zero eight nine nine eight eight eight. Five eight, and we'll be happy to make an appointment. There isn't any cost to sit down and do it. But I had an interesting conversation two days ago with a client too, and they were talking about how um, how much they enjoyed sitting down with me because we talked about their resources and could they afford to retire. And they're going to plan to move to a different state where the cost of living is cheaper in terms of housing, at least. And I said, you know what, you're going to make out fine in retirement because you're going to sell your house here, you're going to have a certain amount of equity from that house. You're going to only spend half of that in buying your next house, and that's going to give you even more money to add to your current investments. I said, we'll help you work out a withdrawal plan for that so that you're not going to run out of money. And they said, oh, we're really glad we came and sat down with you. And I said, you know what? I've said over the years, only 5% of the people I meet with really have any idea at all what they're doing with their money. Most people don't think about it, don't plan for it, don't understand it. So uh, give Peter or me a call at 508-998-8858. We'll be happy to sit down and help you plan for your retirement. So would you like another uh, Will Rogers quotation? Boy, you're just on a Will Rogers rampage. Well, he always had some good things to say. He said, be thankful we're not getting all the government we're paying for. So think about that one. This was, um, I need to find out the date when he said all these things, but it was a goodly while ago. I think he was like in the 30s and the 40s when he was saying these things. One of the other mistakes that uh, people make is to either roll back the amount that they're contributing to their um, 401k, to their retirement savings in general, um, or stopping to contribute altogether, and that's definitely something you should not continue to, to do. You should contri- continue to contribute as much as you can. Uh, we've mentioned this many times. I don't remember the last time. It's probably been several years that pay yourself first. You'll always figure out a way to you know make do and pay your bills, um, but you'll make an excuse if you don't pay yourself first and say, well, I paid all these other bills, and now I don't have any money to put towards my retirement. So yep. pay yourself first. Don't don't um, lose track of that. And especially in a market downturn where the stock market is going down, 
it's an ideal time to be contributing because you can be potentially buying mutual funds and stocks at a lower price. Um, that was especially true back when the pandemic first hit in March. Sure. Um, that's not the case necessarily now. Uh, depending on the day, the stock market is all over the place. Well, we're not going to give stock market advice over the telephone because we're not allowed to do that. But just as a real general proposition, sometimes people have sold out of stocks and equities and mutual funds. And maybe they put the money all into cash. So what are they going to do with it now? Are they going to go back into the stock market? Do they want to do something more conservative? There's a lot of things that we can show you on uh, different things that you can do. But don't just sit with it in a cash account because you're not making any money if you do. Um, it's also a very good time right now during the pandemic to think about either paying down debt or renegotiating debt. So people often dip into their retirement accounts to pay off debt. That's not necessarily the best thing to do. For one thing, anything you take out of a retirement account, you're going to pay income taxes on. And you want that money to accumulate as long as you can. Uh, I'm going to mention a couple of quick tax rules in a moment. But if you're having a problem with your account, why don't you sit down with a lender and say, I need to either refinance my home or I need to renegotiate my debt or my credit card debt. Um, most lenders will actually lower minimum payments, uh, drop the interest rates, or even freeze, pay freeze the payments for a while. So certainly don't ignore your debt. Don't not pay anything. Uh, take some action and simply do something about it. Many, many times you can renegotiate. Another idea, and it's not for everyone, uh, and again, it's really only when the market takes a downturn that it's something that I personally w would recommend, but again, not for everyone, is take advantage of doing a Roth IRA conversion. Um, you know, if, if you've got a certain amount of money in the market and the market takes a hit, well, now if you do a conversion, you're actually going to be paying less in taxes than if the market were up to do that conversion. You know, Pete, our goal every week is to give practical information and practical advice that people can use to protect their family, protect their money. The uh, law firm Lance Law Inc. does a lot of work with helping people protect their assets. I'm amazed at all the stories that I hear of people who are literally in their 70s and they've done nothing. So if you've got a husband and wife and there's children involved and they haven't even done a will or anything of that nature, one of the spouses dies, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, you can double-check this with the lawyers, that the person, if they have assets in their own name, half is going to go to their spouse and the other half is going to go to their children. Maybe they don't want that to happen. But I'm constantly just really blown away by all the people who've done nothing. No estate planning, no financial planning. They just assume that, well, that's what it is. I'll get around to it sometime. Sometimes you can and sometimes you can't. You and I, when we meet with clients, a big part of what we talk about is taxes. Um, and one important thing to mention is that, um, you know, I know a lot about taxes. I have to as a financial advisor you are really just the tax master and the tax expert. I mean, you graduated with a master's in, in tax law. You go to the Heckenland Tax Institute almost every year. It's just, it's your baby to, to really know, you know, as much as possible. Um, but most people think about the micro approach to their taxes and how it affects them. And what that means is that you're thinking, well, gee, if I make this late contribution at the last minute, uh, I can, you know, write that off for next year's taxes. Um, whereas we think about the micro approach, approach, but we also think about the macro approach, which is long term. And when you actually retire, what your tax situation is going Mac to be like. And, yeah, macro and, means look at the big picture. Yeah, the big picture. And what your tax situation is going to be like in retirement and how that's going to affect you. Um, on the one hand, you may be in a lower tax bracket because you're now retired. You're not um, collecting a, a large income. Um, but there's many factors to consider, and so few people think about the long-term um, tax effect and really only look at the micro, which is year-to-year -year or month-to-month -month even. Well, and that's a good point you mentioned about taxes too, Pete, because um, we're sitting here um, this morning. Uh, Pete Lance is with me, my son. And we've been working together for a long while. I think we make a very good team. 
We've had some significant tax changes this year, which people can take advantage of. So if you have an IRA or a retirement account of some kind, and you're over the age of 72, used to be 70 and a half, this year they increased it to age 72, then you're required to take a minimum distribution every year. But that has been suspended for this particular tax year. You don't have to take a minimum distribution. So if you need the money, take it. Remember, you will be taxed on it. It's 100% ordinary income. But if you don't need it, you don't have to take it this year. Let it stay where it's invested. Let it continue to make money for you. Let us help you evaluate whether you're making money or not making money. Um, That's one good rule. The other one is really significant, and I think a lot of people either forget about it or just not aware of it. It used to be that once you're 70 years old, you could no longer put money into an IRA account. That rule has been eliminated. So now, even if you're 72, 75, 77, and you've got some extra money that you don't need, um, you can contribute money into an IRA account. We can sit down and talk to you about that. And I think that's an enormous thing because you can put money away um, and get money out of your, your name, or not out of your name, but get it into a different form where it can be invested differently and grow on a tax-deferred basis. You know, one of the things that's not on our list, and basically we, we pull this information from various publications whenever we're researching for a radio show, one of the things that's not on here that I'm really, really surprised about um, This is either mistakes um, that people make during uh, an economic economic downturn, uh, mistakes that people are making during this current you know economic crisis and um, pandemic, and it's not anywhere on here. I just looked everything over. Is there's been a lot of people who have been laid off from their jobs, and yet there's nothing in here about um, rolling over your um, 401k. And th- that's a really big mistake to not do that. If you've left a company, if you've been terminated from a company because that company went out of business or had to scale back their employees um, because of the pandemic, uh, you don't want to keep that 401k at your old job. You need to roll that over and turn it into IRA because there's a lot more that you can do with it. Yeah, that's a really good point. Now, this does not apply, Pete, obviously, to somebody who's just been temporarily laid off no furloughed and they expect to get hired back but if you're if your layoff is a permanent layoff then i totally agree with what you just said don't ever leave money in your 403b or your 401k if you've been laid off as a permanent situation get it out of the company we that's we do a lot of that kind of work and you want to get it into an ira account because you get a lot better choices and it's a lot more beneficial for children, let's say, who ultimately are going to inherit IRA money. Yeah, I mean, we used to do what's called a stretch IRA, where you could stretch it out of the, over the life expectancy of the, of the uh, beneficiary. can no longer do that um, with the uh, tax changes, but uh, you can still take it out over a 10-year period instead of having to take it all out immediately and, and bearing that tax burden. Yep. You know, and the interesting wrinkle of that, Pete, is that you don't have to take some out every year over a 10-year period. Uh, you can wait until 10 years and take it all out in the 10th year. Now, who does this apply to? This doesn't apply to you as an individual when it's your own account because you can take money out on a much more reduced percentage basis. So if you retire from a company and you've got, you take your money and put it into an IRA account, uh, the first year that you take a distribution uh, or a withdrawal, it's going to be about 4%. The other um, thing and reason I should say for doing that is because there's so many other options that you can do with an IRA um, or with the money in general. Uh, I mean, one of the big things that people fail to really take advantage of is the benefits of life insurance, whether it's whole life insurance or an index universal life insurance policy. Um, That can be huge for your, you know, your spouse or your children or whoever you choose as your beneficiaries mm-hmm. uh, because that money is tax-free and can go to pay for some of the other tax um, liabilities that happen when, when you pass. Um, but an IUL in particular, uh, if you um, have a large IRA, 
you could actually do an index universal life policy, and there's some great tax benefits for doing that. Uh, yeah, let me come back to the 401k for a minute. So let's say you're permanently laid off, or if you reach the age of 59 and a half and you're still working, I met with somebody just two days ago, and we're going to meet again. They're still working. Uh, the woman is 72 years of age. She has a 403b type retirement account. And I said, you're over 59 and a half. You can take some of that money out right now that's maybe all invested in stocks and has stock market risk, and you can instead put that into something that might be safer and more secure. So we're going to meet and talk about doing that. It's called an in-service distribution. You're over the age of 59 and a half, but you want to reduce some of your risk by pulling some money out of your 401k and moving it over to an IRA. There's another important reason we tell people not to keep money in your 401k account uh, once you retire, because that exists for your benefit, not for your children as beneficiaries, for example. And they might have to end up taking the money out in one year and paying a lot of taxes on it. Whereas if you get it over into an IRA, they've got a 10-year period now to take it out. So uh, Will Rogers, uh, Pete, also— Oh, my God, with Will Rogers? Will Rogers. He always took pot shots at the government. And this is not political because it's got nothing to do with today's politics, some of these things I'm going to tell you about. Did this guy come to you in a dream and promise you something if you used his name over, you know, 10 times? No, I've known about Will Rogers for a very long time. He said, if you ever injected truth into politics, you have no politics. Hey, I just Googled him, and he was an American actor who played a cowboy most of the time. But he was also a humorist, and he always had lots of funny things to say about the government. But I was right. He played a cowboy, but he wasn't really a cowboy. He was just I, somebody. I know that. I said was, I thought if I had to guess, I, w- I would. If I had to guess, I would have guessed that he played like in the '40s or '50s as a cowboy on. TV programs. All right, so tell me when he lived. I don't know. Let me well, see. You get your Google in your hand. He was born 1879 and passed away in, oh yeah, 1935. Jeez. So he was there during the Great Depression, and he was a humorist who said a lot of things to make people laugh during the Depression. If you want to think about it, we are in worse economic times right now than existed during the Great Depression. That's why a lot of the things that he said even during the Great Depression are applicable today. Although he, um, yeah, so he died when he was only 55 in an airplane crash. Mm. So he, uh, 1935 in an airplane crash must have been one of the I didn't know that. Ones. Will Rogers also said the income tax has made liars out of more Americans than golf. Mm. So I don't golf. I wish I had the time. Um, I, I actually would love to uh, do some golfing. I, I've done it, and I'm not that bad at it for not really. So I'll give you one more Will Rogers quote. I won't give you any more today. He said, a fool and his money are soon elected. You like that one? So that was obviously a fool and his money are soon parted. A little play on words with that. Yeah. yeah. Um, this is an, you know, an interesting quote-unquote mistake is a lot of people in these times, the, the you know, times are uncertain, uncertain. A lot of people have lost their jobs. A lot of businesses have gone out of business. But... Um, this is something that may be a mistake. If you were thinking about, um, you know, starting up a business, it says don't abandon your entrepreneurial dreams. No. Nope. Um, it's, it's, in fact, you can actually get uh, less expensive credit and get discount on equipment during these times. And there's actually public programs like the State Small Business Credit Initiative, and they actually usually expand um, their programs to encourage people to start a small business. So, um, if you have an idea for a small business that can do well, um, you know, even during these times, then go full steam ahead. So uh, today we're talking about financial mistakes and financial solutions during a pandemic. Uh, we probably have about another 35 or 40 topics to cover. So we may do this as a second uh, session to talk about this. Here's another mistake people make during a pandemic. Um, they don't talk about money with their spouse, with their partner. You absolutely have to do it. This is a particular time when you have to sit down and examine everything you're spending. Are there discounts you can get? So I'll tell you one that I got recently. Um, I might have already told this story. I can't remember. 
I got a thing in the mail from Harvard Pilgrim Stride, which is my uh, Medicaid supplement, Medicare supplement provider. And they said if I got my flu shot between now and the end of December, I would get a $25 coupon they could use at um, Walmart, Target, uh, Amazon. And I said, hey, I'm going to get my flu shot anyway. So I did that, and I've sent the paperwork off in the mail. Um, Guess what your mother did, Pete? Dug through the trash. She threw it in the trash. (laughs) And I told her about it. I said, did you get an envelope today from Harvard Pilgrim Stride? She says, yeah, I figured it was just an ad, and I threw it away. I said, well, it's more than that. It's a $25 coupon once you get your flu shot. So she went digging through the trash and pulled it back out again. I love it. Anything for a discount, right? Absolutely, especially $25. Well, this is a time when you have to have common sense. Uh, Frank Lloyd Wright, you know who Frank Lloyd Wright is? Architect. Famous architect. He said, there's nothing more uncommon than common sense. That's very true. Yep. And And it seems to be getting worse and worse. Thomas A. Edison. Do you know who Thomas Edison was? Hmm. It's not really hitting. What what did he invent? His two most famous inventions. What were they? It's it's not really. uh, The bulb isn't hitting in my head right now. I can't think of it. Okay, so you got the light bulb. What's the (laughs) other one that he invented? The phonograph. Oh, I was do- I was doing something else. I was I was going doing something else with my hands. So, do you know that right now, uh, old vinyl records or vinyl records are outselling CDs and uh, for playing music? It was in the news just recently. I'm not surprised. I have a pretty good vinyl collection. Yeah. So I just passed that on. But Thomas Edison once said the three great essentials to achieve anything worthwhile are hard work, stick to itiveness. And common sense. He also had a quote that I don't have in front of me, but I remember it because I liked it so much. He said, uh, when he was talking about inventing the light bulb and perfecting the light bulb, he said, I didn't fail 10,000 times in developing the light bulb. I tried 10,000 times before I succeeded. Yeah, that's a famous one. That was a great quote. I always liked that one. Um, All right, we'll come back to George Carlin in a minute because you like George Carlin. Love George Carlin. So here's here's a uh, mistake to make and then what to do about it. Don't hang on to losers. And we're not talking about marriage, are we? (laughs) Very nice. (laughs) No, we're not talking about marriage. We're talking about... My mother is a saint. She is a saint. She has to put up with all my nonsense. (laughs) Well, Robert Frost once said, Pete, this is from my memory... It takes all kinds of indoor and outdoor schooling to get used to my kind of fooling. Do you remember that? Have you ever heard of that? I have not. Okay. That was right from my brain cells. Nothing on paper. So if you have something that um, you're invested in stocks and so forth and they've declined, um, if you have a 20% decline in the value of your stock, it has to rebound 25% to get back to even. But I always found this one really interesting. If you have a 50% decline in a particular stock, you have to have a 100% increase. You have to double the value back in order to get back to even. Yep. People don't realize that. So if it's time to cut your losses on something, then cut your losses. Um, I wonder how many people are going back to school. How many people think i got to put my career on hold? Well, maybe you don't do that. Maybe somebody is staying with a company because of loyalty and job security, and maybe the job security isn't always going to be guaranteed. More and more people right now will never go back to the office to work. They're going to continue to be working from home. No, I I talked to somebody who um, does a lot with real estate, and we had a discussion about how commercial real estate really should be very much on the decline, especially in major um, cities like Boston, um, New York, New York, San Francisco. I mean, a lot of people aren't going back to work um, or working from home. New York's going to be hard hit. Um, I think other sectors will be fine. I think Boston is sort of a unique location. But in any event, um, maybe it's a time not to just be comfortable with where you are. Maybe it's a time to look for other opportunities and test your economic value 
make an informed decision about your current job situation. So don't automatically assume that you have to put your career on hold. Maybe it's a time to look out and see what else is there. Well, for anyone with children, um, especially in cities and towns where the children are learning, quote-unquote, remotely, it's extremely challenging. Um, as my three children are, it's, it's beyond a struggle. It's beyond a challenge. My wife is concerned about not only how it's affecting her job, but whether it will uh, impact whether she has a job. Um, the way things are going, it's been, been that bad. And hopefully um, employers will understand and, and, and hopefully we'll all get through this sooner than later. Well, remember, Pete, that you don't choose your family. They are God's gift to you as you are to them. That was Desmond Tutu. Is that tongue-in-cheek, God's gift? No, I just thought it was a good follow-on to what you were talking about. I happen to have that quotation right here. But well, you, it's like the sign that you have up at your house where it says, friends welcome anytime, relatives by appointment. Yep. That should be a firm rule for anybody, I would assume. Or the other thing is, you can pick your friends, but you can't pick your relatives. So if you don't get along with them, you got to do something different in life. But it's a tough time for every family situation um, right now. Um, George Carlin, you know, once said, the other night I ate at a real nice family restaurant. Every table had an argument going. Yep. <laughs> That's part of it also, isn't it? I'm hearing bells. Is it my time? It's our IT engineer. <laughs> <laughs> Who didn't shut his phone off, you mean? Well, I want to give you... Um, one more thing. We've covered about half the topics that we intended to today, Pete. Ladies and gentlemen, um, if you've heard anything today that resonates with you, give us a call. Don't ignore the fees that you're paying on mutual funds and things like that. We can do an evaluation of your portfolio for you. We can try to figure out what you're paying and show you some really good things that you can invest in that cost you much less money to invest. So we're happy to help you. Just call us anytime at 508-998-8858. I want to leave you today with uh, two quick quotations. Uh, this is from Martin Luther King Jr. If a man has not discovered something he will die for, he isn't fit to live. Think of that for those of you who have served in the military, and thank you for your service. And then Horace Mann once said, be ashamed to die until you have won some victory for humanity. So do something to help your neighbors. Do have something to help your friends. Do something to save money. Be conscious about it. Thank you for listening. Stay well, stay healthy, and keep on listening. <laughs>